What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl, Leah M. Forney, back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive Season 3. Y'all, y'all are so in for a treat on this episode. Before we talk about the topic, before we talk about who my guest is, you know your girl always got some updates, honey. You know, it's something that's always happening over here with Leah M. Forney. So listen, if this is your first time ever hearing my voice, let me just say, hey, welcome to the fam, the Thrive Tribe fam here at Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, I'm so excited, y'all. I'm so excited because 2023 has definitely been kicking off in a major, major way, man, like in a major way. Um, I literally have been... Uh, just having so many open doors, man. Like it's so crazy. So backstory, 2022, December, 2022, I started literally, I kept hearing God say to me this, that 2023 was the season of open doors, right? Like it was open door season that anything that I asked of him, he would do. Right. And so literally 2022 ended with me finding out that a documentary that I, that I was in was selected for, um, the DMV's International Film Festival. And we were literally selected out of hundreds of applicants. They only had selected 50. And our documentary was one of them. And so the documentary that I was in called Life After Loss. Shout out to my sis, visionary herself, <laughs> Teresa Mitchell. Y'all, y'all already know who she is. She's been a guest here on Hey Queen Drive twice. Um, but the documentary talks about black women and the maternal health crisis. And so I told my story about being an angel mom and the struggles with getting pregnant. And so it was me, it was, a, it was about maybe five or six other black women. We had some therapists, we had some doctors. We really talked about, you know, how we heal, you know, how it affects relationships, how it affects us in the sexual capacity, all that good stuff. And so I was just beyond proud and beyond excited that the work that we had been doing as this up and coming production company, as this, you know, quote unquote, no name <laughs> company, right. That we were making waves and that like our work was, was being presented in these film festivals, especially after being rejected so many times. And so let me, let me just pause there and say that that's a word for somebody like, your rejection is really God setting you up for the blessing because I promise you, we definitely had applied to so many film festivals since we re since we created the documentary two years ago. And so here we are three years later and it's being picked up and and we're and we're so excited. It's it's definitely, definitely an honor and a privilege to be a part of something so great. And we haven't stopped. <laughs> like we haven't <clears throat> we haven't stopped. Like we put out another documentary shortly after that one called The Forgotten, where we talked about Black women and sexual assault. Um, I'm actually the producer on that documentary, and I'm in the documentary where I share my, my sexual assault story. We had some amazing Black women come together and tell their story, you know, share with us from their heart um, what it was, what it was like you know, going through sexual trauma and, and healing from it. And one thing that I wanted to do differently with this documentary that I did not see with any other documentary was two things that I wanted to do as the producer. I wanted to touch on the recovery process for sexual assault survivors because that's an area that so many people don't even think about. Like, it's a lifelong journey to recover after sexual trauma. 
Um, but then also I wanted to talk about the backlog of untested rape kits that is happening here in the United States of America and how we have literally over a hundred thousand untested rape kits. And I was, and I was so strategic because outside of me, one of the other ladies in that documentary, shout out to my sis Lavinia Masters of the Lavinia Masters Act out there in Texas. Y'all Google her. She's, she's amazing. She just got the presidential lifetime achievement award. Like my sister's doing big things and she's been a guest on Hey Queen Thrive. Like, hello, your girl be, she be bringing some bosses through to the show. So I, um, had to get her in the documentary because she too was impacted by the backlog. So I, it took eight years for me. It took over 20 years for her. And so I wanted to make sure that we touched on this specifically because it it's a necessary conversation, especially because it's happening to black and brown women, um, men too, but it's happening in, in, in communities of color and we're not talking about it. And so every documentary that we have decided to create as a team um, is to amplify black and brown stories and black and brown issues and, and really cultivate spaces of conversation and cultivate opportunities to heal. So I always tell people, I don't wait for people to invite me to the table. I create the table and then I invite the people. And that's just my mantra because I think a lot of times we sit back and we wait <laughs> for people to say, it's okay for you to do something. Like if God has placed something on your heart to do, do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, again, me and my team, we ain't know nothing about the film industry, nothing about documentaries. In fact, my sis, Teresa, or whatever, she took a job in the film industry <laughs> to learn, you know what I'm saying? Like uprooted her life and took a job in the film industry to learn. And it has been paying off tremendously. So definitely stay tuned because we got some more documentaries in the works. And so that leads me to our guest on this episode of Hey Queen Thrive season three. So listen, I met this dope ass <laughs> black woman at a conference. Okay. So I went to a conference here in, in, in the DMV area where I reside. Um, I'm a part of an organization called the Maryland Women of Color Network. It is a group of 20 plus women that are all in the fight to end sexual violence in communities of color that includes and is not limited to transgender as well as the LGBTQIA. Um, communities. So we had our annual conference and this was back in November of 2022. And so I met this particular woman at the conference. She was one of the workshop presenters and baby, let me tell you, <laughs> sis had me at like her icebreaker. Like y'all ever get a, hear an icebreaker that, that has you like, wait, what? <laughs> so before she dived into her her workshop, her her presentation, literally her icebreaker was, "If your vagina could talk, what would it say?" Child, let me tell you something. I was sitting in this conference, y'all, like, baby, how much time do we got? <laughs> like, like I was just when I tell you her icebreaker had every woman of color in the room. Like, how much time do we have? Because Shorty could say a lot <laughs> right now. Like, and so from that moment and just hearing her presentation, I was like, yo, I got to get this dope woman on Hey Queen Thrive Season 3. So I, you know, I, I had to shoot my shot, y'all. And this let that be a lesson. If there's somebody that you want to connect with, 
the worst thing somebody could tell you is no. Like, shoot your shot. So I definitely hit her up. And I definitely was like, listen, you had me like on on the edge of my seat. And, and, and I absolutely love the work that you're doing. And I need you to get like be on my show. And so we had a, you know, we had a little phone conversation, found out that she was a fan of the show and that she loves the show. And so I had to get her. So I got my girl, Joy Ingram, coming through to Hey Queen Thrive this episode. And we we are going to have an amazing conversation around healthy sexuality as a Black woman. Like, did y'all hear what I said? Healthy sexuality. I guarantee you nobody told you you could have a healthy healthy sex life. I guarantee it. Nobody's ever told you that. You know how I know? Because nobody ever told me that. And so we're going to talk about some myths. We're going to talk about the way society has programmed us. We're going to talk about um, how we can recover from sexual trauma. Like, we we talked about a plethora of things. Y'all just going to have to listen to the conversation. And you already know, I will be back with Thriving Nuggets. Hey, 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 what's up, Hey Queen Thrive? Listen, I am super excited to be having this conversation tonight. I got my girl, Joy Ingram, in the building. Hunty, let me tell you, y'all are in for a treat because when I tell you I met this woman at a conference and just off her icebreaker alone, which we're going to talk about, um, <laughs> I literally was like, who is this woman and she need to be on the show? <laughs> like, so... I'm beyond excited that she sat here and said yes to the invitation. And so let's just welcome my girl, Joy, to the Hey Queen Thrive family. What's up, girl? What's up? Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Listen, listen, we got to give the people what they want. So before we dive into the conversation, tell the people a little bit about yourself. My name is Joy Ingram. I am a 46-year-old Black woman striving and and trying to make it in this world that don't like Black women. Um, By day, day I work as an advocate for a sexual and domestic violence resource agency for victims. And when I'm not doing that, I'm out and just trying to learn all that I can to help Black women heal from a lot of the traumas that we've been through. Hunting, because we didn't been through some. <laughs> We've been through some things. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So I have a question I ask all my guests, and that is, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a queen that's thriving? To me, being a queen that is thriving is being a woman that is taking control of her own life mm-hmm. and walking in her purpose, yes. um, living her passion. And not letting other people control what she does and don't do. Hello. (laughs) I'm here for it. Like, I love the fact that you said walking in her purpose. Because since season two of my show, we've been talking about purpose. And so I've been asking all my guests, how did you discover your God-given purpose? Like, how did you know what you were called to do? Um, For part of it, I think it was the fact that I got this job with an agency about six years ago, and it was in a town that I never really saw myself staying in. Mm -hmm. Um, It was work that I didn't really see myself going into. Like, it wasn't that I was just looking for this career. It was something that I kind of stumbled upon. And when I got into the work, I fell in love with the work. And I just, I have a passion for it. And I know that 
no matter what I'm doing, I will be doing this work with helping survivors in some aspect for the rest of my life. Yeah, I love that. I always tell people like, you turn your pain into into power. I used to say, turn your pain into purpose and God mm-hmm. corrected me long time ago because he was <laughs> like, uh, no ma'am, you are purpose. You're created right. with a purpose. <laughs> purpose is you. But then I have learned, because we do similar work, that it's about turning that pain into power. It's about taking back your life. It's about reclaiming your time. Yes. As, you know, our Auntie Max, Maxine always says. Um, but I love that. I love that you kind of stumbled into, ain't that how God works? Like- it is how God works. Because <laughs> when I tell you I was not planning to be in this town more than six months, and here I am six years later, like, okay, for real? Listen. I, I I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Um, because that's how I felt when I moved to Maryland. Like when I moved to Maryland, I felt like God was sitting there. Like it was weird how he just placed me in Maryland because I was like, um, yeah, no, I don't want right. to be here. <laughs> like I didn't right. really know nobody in Maryland. I'm from New York. I was living in the South at the time. And then I was like, why am I here? So I, I feel right. you on, he kind of just be like, no, this is where you're at. And here we are four years later. I would have never thought I'd have stayed. In the and it's, it's, it's like, I keep getting opportunities that keep me in this place. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just when I think, okay, I'm ready to go. There's an opportunity that pops up and it's like, no, let's stay another year. <laughs> so yep. I'm, I'm still here. I, listen, I can totally relate to that. I really do. I, I think I've gotten to the point where I stop even asking him, can I leave? Because I used to just be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my assignment not up yet. Like, I can't roll out. And he's like, right. No. <laughs> right. And I, I feel, at this point, I feel like when it's time to go out, I'll, I'll get a sign. I'll get a signal. I'll get direction. It'd be like, okay, this is it. Your time here is done. Let's yeah. go somewhere else. And here's where I want you to go. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Listen, so we got to we got to talk about how we met because we were both at a conference. Mm-hmm. The Maryland Women of Color Network is shout out to my girl Chelsea through on this conference. And honey, you had this icebreaker girl that literally, <laughs> literally sent the whole conference in a frenzy. Like I was sitting there like, Jesus, take all the wheels and the brakes. So you led off with your workshop asking if your vagina could talk, what would she say? Yep. (laughs) What made you ask that question? I think it's a thing that, well, number one, I I do do some stuff sometimes to kind of push the envelope and wake folks up. But I think it's a thing of a lot of times as Black women, we don't ask ourselves what pleases us when it comes to sex. Mm. We don't, we're, we're not, you know, looking at, well, wh- what do I need to please me? We right. think about pleasing our partner. Um, mm-hmm. And we will sometimes endure for lack of a better term. And, and that's, that's what, what, that's what it is. Sometimes we will endure their yeah. presence in and on and around our bodies, but we don't necessarily get pleasure from whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, let's just have an honest conversation. If you could sit down with your vagina, like it was your best girlfriend and be like, girl, what's up? What you want? What, what's really going on? What's good? What you want? You know, what's the business? What's the tea? What would she say? 
listen, Mines would have a lot to say. She would really, like, I promise you, when I heard that question, it was so funny to see the reaction from the room. But then I remember, like, coming from the conference, and I'm calling my girlfriends up, like, girl, let me tell y'all about this girl that I met at the conference. <laughs> Joy just sat here and asked the women if they vagina could talk, what would they say? And all my girlfriends is like, honey, how much time we got? I said, hello. Right, Ooh, right, like, right. Break out the bottle. Yes. <laughs> to have this conversation because she would say a lot yes <laughs> a whole lot so but I loved it because it kind of I felt like it set, set the tone for what you were here to talk about and that is this concept of healthy sexuality as it pertains to black women and I remember being like wait what healthy sexuality what is that so talk to us about that like what is healthy sexuality well Healthy sexuality is a state of physical, emotional, mental, and social well-being in relation to, sec to sexuality. It's not merely the absence of disease, dysfunction, or infirmity. It mm -hmm. requires a positive and respectful approach to sexuality and sexual relationships, as well as the possibility of having pleasurable and safe sexual experiences free of co coercion, discrimination, and violence. For sexual health to be attained and maintained, the sexual rights, the rights of all persons must be respected, protected, and fulfilled. And yes, I read that definition because it is a long definition. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is that when I started thinking about healthy sexuality and based on that definition, I broke it down. Mm. You know, and when I think about, first of all, it's not just the absence of disease and not just the absence of violence. It's the presence of pre uh, presence of pleasure. Yeah, and it's like you know that that ain't something they talk about in sex ed. Mm -hmm. That's not a piece that you get when you had a conversation with your mom or your dad or whoever about the birds and the bees. Yeah. That's not a thing. It was a whole lot of things that were missing from the conversations that I had with adults who were supposed to be teaching me about sex. Mm. You know, it was a lot of things missing from that conversation. And because of that, you know, that lack, and it's not to, to blame people because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I yeah. know they taught me based on what they knew and they did the best that they could, but it was a lot lacking. And that opened me up to sexual violence. Mm -hmm. That opened me up to, you know, putting my body out there for man's pleasure and not for my own. Yeah. That opened me up for a lot of guilt and shame around sexuality. You know, and when you say what is healthy sexuality and, and you hadn't really thought about it, I was 40 years old before I'd ever heard the term healthy sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was at a um I was at a training with the Virginia Anti-Violence Project. And they're an organization in Richmond that specifically works with members of the LGBTQ and Latinx community to help them recover from sexual violence. Mm. Um, and they had a training um, and I went to I went to their volunteer training and they started talking about healthy sexuality. And when they said it, I was like, wait, wait, what? Healthy, healthy sexuality. Right. You know, the only thing I'd ever heard about sexuality was gay, straight, bi, you know, something like that yeah. with regards to sexuality. Like, what is your sexuality? Yeah. Yeah. I never talked about healthy sexuality. 
You know, so it was something that made me think. And it's like, what goes into healthy sexuality? What exactly does it mean? What does that look like for different people? And I thought about what does it look like for Black women? Mm -hmm. And when you talk about, you know, the absence of discrimination and violence, there's all types of discrimination that goes on, particularly with Black women. And so when I did that particular workshop, the three that I thought about were racism, mm-hmm. sexism, and Christianity. Honey. Because the three of those alone, <laughs> the hmm. three of those separate are bad, but when they combine, oh, they dangerous. It's, it's, it, the three of those combined are like super trauma. Yeah, yeah. In and of themselves. Yeah. So can you give us examples of those three and how they show up? So like, for instance, racism, just the objectification of Black women's bodies, the tropes that exist in society, you know, you got to look a certain way. So number one, you know, throughout history, if you weren't, if you were a Black woman, but you weren't light, bright, and damn near white with the straight hair and the the less than curvy, stick straight body, you weren't seen as attractive. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that was what that was what was viewed as attractive. You know, when you think about we've just gotten to be on the cover of magazines in the last 50 years or so. And we had to have our own for a while. And even some of those in the beginning, you saw the light bright, damn near white. You didn't see big women. You didn't see darker skinned women. You didn't see women with big noses. You didn't see women with kinky hair, you know? So that makes us feel, a lot of us feel less attractive. Mm -hmm. When you think about how our bodies have been objectified throughout the years, when you think of our bodies on the auction block and us not having any sort of autonomy where a man, a white man, our master could rape us, impregnate us, Mm-hmm. You know, come and then on. when the baby come out looking like his kids, you know, he could take that kid away and sell it down the river. Uh-huh. And our husband, who wasn't really our husband because marriage wasn't even recognized among blacks, you Hello. know, could absolutely absolutely do nothing about it. Because what are you gonna do besides get shot or hung up on a tree? Mm. You know, so it's that it's the the mammy versus the Jezebel versus, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's all those racial stereotypes that we have endured. You know, it's it's sexism with women are supposed to act a certain way. Yeah. You know, and then that with us is like a double edged sword because, yeah, we're supposed to be quiet and shy and demure and all these things. But at the same time, black women aren't often given the spaces where we can be that, where we can be quiet and we can be dependent upon a man, where we Mm -hmm. can act shy and we can let someone else lead us because a lot of times there's no one there to really lead us. Come on, help the people. Right, so then it's like when we're leading ourselves, oh, we're seen as aggressive and bossy and she don't know how to let a man be a man. And if she's in charge of her own sexuality, oh, she's a slut. She's yeah. a whore. She's yeah. this. She's that. Yeah. You know, it's it's all of those things. And then when you add Christianity in it, Honey. you know, women need to stay covered. And a lot of it isn't necessarily the religion itself. It's the way people interpret it. Yeah. And bring it back to you. Come on. You don't know no better. Come on. You know, 
keep them dresses down. Mm-hmm. You know, no sex before marriage. Uh-huh. You know, wives submit unto your husbands. Um, and it, it's 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 all these different mixed messages that we receive that do us detriment. I agree, especially especially in the church, especially in the yeah. church. Because you know, I sex before like- marriage, you they, they make you feel like you're going to hell. Listen, or if you get pregnant out of wedlock, you're going to hell. Like how many I Your can't even tell you how many churches I've I've seen where a young woman gets sat down, right? She can't be on a in the choir no more. She can't sing praise and worship theme. She's a ministry lead. She can't leave her ministry. She can't do nothing because she didn't got pregnant out of wedlock. And it's so crazy because they don't sit the man down. They don't sit the man down. Not to mention a lot of times the men who are doing this, particularly to young girls, girls, uh-huh. underage girls, a lot of the folks that are doing this are grown-ass men, uh-huh. men in power in yep. the church. Yep. There's no accountability. None. You know, the, the, and, and people know that it's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, and and no they, turn, they turn their blind eye to it. And then they wonder why, especially in this generation, like they over church, over it. They're like, please don't come talk to me. I'm no pastor, preacher, teacher. Pastor. I, I, I'm good. Like, yeah, I'm good. They're at the point of like, I see it so much on TikTok where they're like in this whole deconstructing what they've learned about Christianity and the Bible and God and all of these things. And to be honest, you can't really blame them because when you look at especially the black church like we've gotten so much bad representation we have from the black church like when you look at that pastors that are over there sleeping with women in a congregation or young boys in a congregation like you know what I mean? like you see all the right. chaos in there. it's like who are you to talk to me <laughs> about right. keeping it holy or when we hear things like you know holiness is still right well what does that mean what is what is it? What mean? exactly does it mean? Is it just right for me, but not for you? Because you know, we know oh. that you're the most unholy person walking through the church. Hello. But you want to preach holiness to me and try and shame me and guilt me into doing what you want me to do, not necessarily what God wants me to do. You use God to manipulate me. Mm. It's a whole power and control situation. Right. You know, Which- and nobody's nobody's gonna call it out. That part, that part, which it adds to rape culture. Because when it we does. really break down rape culture, rape culture is power and control. It is. It it's is about, about power and control. Me, it is about your perpetrator getting you so comfortable, you know, coaching you, grooming you, doing, manipulating you so that you can trust them, right? I think mm-hmm. it was, you said it in your presentation. They groom you. You were like, you know, his trust is his weapon of choice. And it I was, was like, oh, Jesus, help the people, Lord. Like, I had to tweet that. I was like, Joy. <laughs> like, because when you really think about it, and as a sexual assault survivor myself, like, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like, I got you to trust me to make you think that I was this amazing person. I, and then I stalked you. And then right. I, I showed up in moments when you were the most vulnerable. So you thought, oh my God, here's this person to my rescue. But really I was grooming the crap out of you. So then once I got you so comfortable, you would just let me in at all costs. And now here we are and you're sexually assaulted. Yeah. And yeah. because there's lack of accountability in the church, 
then this is why it keeps happening behind closed doors. Over and over and over again with multiple victims because also silence empowers predators. Mm. When When one can prey on you and keep you silent and everybody else thinks that this person is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Ooh, come on. They can go out and prey on other people because nobody's gonna say anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of the Me Too movement because you had so many people out here suffering in silence thinking I'm the only person that this happened to. You yeah. Know? And you you don't want to say anything because there's the guilt, there's the shame. Yeah. Depending on what happened, you might feel like you're crazy mm-hmm. and you're the only one. So of course, maybe I could have done something different to change this because I am yeah. the only one. So it's got to be my fault. Yeah. You know, but then when you hear one other person say, oh no, that happened to me too. Well, now you don't feel so alone in that. Mm-hmm. It's and a that validation. Pop- yeah, it, it, it is validation. And then you have another person that stands up and say, oh, well, that happened to me too. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, no, it, it, it wasn't you. It was them. Yeah. It, it wasn't you that, that did wrong. This person did something to you. Yeah. And they are the ones in the wrong. Whether people are going to call them out on it or not, they did wrong. Yeah. They were abusive. They mm-hmm. were manipulative. They were coercive. They were forceful. They were violent because it boils down to violence. Yeah. It really does. And and I love that you sit here and said that because I think that's what's lacking in the, the healing portion of so many survivors is that we do feel alone. And it isn't mm-hmm. if just one speaks up, then you realize that you're not, you're not by yourself. And silence does, it definitely does empower a predator because yeah. you know i often think about and people y'all gonna look y'all gonna be mad at me they're gonna be like i can't believe leah said this on hey queen bride i did you're gonna be all right <laughs> but i even think about when the whole situation came out with r kelly right like first yes of all, who didn't know r kelly was over here messing with these young girls everybody knew r kelly was messing with these young girls but when his story came out about him being a victim of sexual abuse and him seeing how the man that sexually violated him got paid off his mother, right? Mm-hmm. He learned the message that was sent was as long as you got power, control, and money, you can right. do whatever you want. You can you do want. what you want to do. You can <laughs> so do what you want to do. Right. And so he got away with it for years because he had power, control, and money. Mm-hmm. Right? He knew I could pay people off because he saw it. And so I remember when it first came out, people were like, Lee, you're a sexual assault survivor. How could you condone, you know, his, what happened? And I'm like, it's not a condoning. It's understanding the cycle of violence, the cycle yeah. of abuse and how it plays out. Like a lot of times the abuse become the abuser. If mm-hmm. nobody takes the time to kind of intercede in that and help that person heal, like they just turn around and repeat the same pattern. Right. Cause that's what they know. Hello. That's exactly what they know. So, oh, this is good. All right. So we want to talk about some myths because I feel like as black women, we hold on to some things that either mama them told us, big mama them told us, somebody taught us that is really impacting our ability to be empowered as a sexual being, as a sexual woman. So if you had to come up with your top five, what are some things that we just need to like leave it here? Don't bring it into no note 2023. Don't leave it here. I would say that pregnancy out of wedlock will ruin your life. Oh Jesus, yeah. Because that <laughs> that that is a thing that 
is just so untrue. They make it seem like if you get pregnant before you get married or if you get pregnant while you're young, that's the worst thing that could happen to you. Girl, and yeah. the problem the problem with a lot of the, the myths that we get is that they're either half-truths or there's a, a backstory behind what we're being told yeah. that we're not getting. Yeah. You know, it's, if it's you get, if you, if you had gotten pregnant out of wedlock back in the thirties, the, the 1930s, forties, fifties, that might have ruined your life because women didn't have certain rights. Yeah. Then. Women didn't have, there, there were certain things that women didn't have access to. And you did need a man for certain things, you know, but now it's like, if, if I get pregnant out of wedlock, Okay, I, I might struggle financially a little more than the next, but as long as I have a plan and mm -hmm. I have some support, that's the main thing. Yeah, you gotta have some support, some support for you and your child. You'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll be okay, and it's not the end of the world. Because the thing that they left out is that a lot of them got pregnant out of wedlock. Mm. Yeah, Big Mama and Papa have been married for fifty years. But if you look at your aunts and uncles or your mama, who depending on who came first, and you calculate. Yeah somebody was conceived before they got married yeah a lot of and, them had shotgun weddings uh-huh you know you and they they didn't have a choice in the matter oh you got pregnant by this well you gonna marry him uh-huh you you gonna marry him and that's that's the way it's gonna be yeah i love that one because i feel like a lot of that is projection yeah it is it, 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 it totally it, is it's projecting what i've what i've experienced instead of just having a conversation that's what we do in, in our community is we project so mm -hmm. I love that. All right, what's another one? Oof. Another one is just that marriage is like the end all be all. Mm. I mean, I remember hearing, and you get mixed messages with that as well. It's like, yeah, get your education. Yeah, get a career. But okay, you got a career and it's great. But ooh, you ain't marriage yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, the fuck? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're over the age of 30. Thank oh, God. <laughs> Dear God, over 30 you know, with no kids and ain't married. They definitely, you know, and that was it was it that can be detrimental not yeah. just to people's psyche, not just to women's psyche, but to their physical health as yeah. well. Because I remember being just under 30, and a lot of my friends were already married, a lot of them already had kids. You know, and I'm like, you know, and growing up, you, you'd hear, particularly the older women, you yeah. know, when, when you early 20s, 20 to 24, they were like, well, um, are you married yet? No, ma'am, I'm not married. I would take your time, honey. Don't be in no rush to get married. But time you hit 25, mm -hmm. you know, are you married yet? Well, no, ma'am, you, um, well, what, what you waiting on? You ain't getting no younger. Your eggs gonna dry up. Well, I mean, honey. when you saw me three weeks ago, <laughs> It right. wasn't no rush, but now all of a sudden I'm an old spinster. And it's what? Yeah, I, you know, I would, you, we got to leave that one too because I feel like you get married, you have kids when you're ready, and right. and some of and some people just are cool with not ever having kids. Like I'm right. one of them. I had that conversation with a friend of me the other day, and she was like, "So you're never gonna have kids?" I was like, "No." I said, I'm cool when I have kids. I said, I'm in an amazing relationship with a man that has kids. Like they're, his kids are, are, are my kids. Yeah, you like know. I'm cool with motherhood looking like how Leah wants it to look. And I think right. that's what we as women of color and black women have to stop letting people do is tell us how our life should look. Like let it right. look the way you want it to look. 
Exactly. Because like, I mean, following that pattern right around 30, I met a guy, we started dating. He told me everything I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. He mentioned the big M word, you know, it's within a year, I'm gonna marry you and all this, that and the other. And there were, there, there were signs, mainly my intuition that said, this ain't the one, this ain't it. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm trying to get married. So, okay. You know, did we get married? No, because he was abusive. Yeah. Um, and instead of me just leaving that relationship alone, I tried to drag it out and, and, you know, turn the red flags into to <laughs> curtains or something. You know, we gonna paint us a pretty little picture. That is not a red flag. It's a jacket. It's a curtain. <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's, it's a, I, a, a wrapping paper. what it's I something. saw. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, but in the end, the relationship became very abusive. Um, and he threatened my life. Yeah. You know, and I would never have endured that had I just listened to my gut in the beginning mm -hmm. and been like, yeah, this ain't the one. You not being married by 30 is not going to kill you, but he might. Um, and just move on. Yeah. You know, Ooh, and I, I'm I still like not that. married. I don't have kids. I'm not having them at this point. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I wanted kids and I had girlfriends that were like, you know, why don't you have kids? Well, I'm, I, I want a full-time father yeah my children and they're like yeah. girl you can have baby by yourself i know what i can do right you know i can drive a car with no brakes but i wouldn't recommend that <laughs> hello one you know what i'm saying like that that's not it's not good for me right you know I, I know what i have the capabilities of doing but that's not what i want for myself and it's not what i would want for a child yeah like i feel like a child deserves more than that yeah Oh, I love that. I love that. All right. Number three. What's your third one? We just got to leave it behind. Number three. Um, huh. Huh. I know that's a good one. Number three. The, the idea of being chased mm. and the, the, the importance of virginity yeah because i think we're still being taught that and the thing that i was taught when i first did this um workshop was that virginity is a social construct yeah i mean it's, it's just the state of not having had sex yeah why is that even important you know because it's not important for men no woman asked me well are you a virgin Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've just been laying up with everybody. You've just been slanging that thing around. And no, I don't want you. Nobody does that. Yeah. N nobody does that. You know, now I, I get prehistorically when men thought that they were basically the only ones responsible for a child and, you know, women were just incubators. And you couldn't even now when you can't tell, you know, you need a paternity test to tell who the daddy is and slide out the mama that's a baby. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I get the, the importance of establishing paternity, but that has nothing to do with virginity. Yeah. You know, and just the fact that a, a woman's worth is so entrenched yeah. in her virginity or mm -hmm. her not having been with other men or the number of men that she's been with, because it, it takes back our, our whole value yep. is tied to our vagina. Yeah. And why? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Cause it just, I think, and I think about like what we hear a lot of now is like, 
people talking about their celibate. And even that, I feel like that's number four in this myth because we got to know the real definitions behind things. I think we say stuff because it sounds good. And so I hear, especially a lot of women of color be like, oh, I'm celibate. And I'm like, do you know what definition of celibacy is? Because when people say they're celibate, that means I'm never having sex and I'm never getting married. Like that's the def- that's what celibacy is around. It's more like I'm abstaining. Not that I'm celibate, I'm abstaining and I'm choosing to not have sex right now. Yeah, because I would never choose to be celibate. That ain't, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> God, listen, Lord. pleasure mm-hmm. is your birthright. He did not, he didn't create you. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you had one more myth that we got to get rid of, what would that be? That Black women don't do fill in the blank when it comes to sex. Mm. you know there there's just some some things that black women just don't do you know a black women shouldn't do you know white girls do that black women don't do that yeah. you know do what makes you happy hello you know if 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 you don't want to suck a dick don't suck a dick hello but if you enjoy slobbing the knob by all means open your mouth and go at it Stop playing these bullshit games based on what somebody else is designed to do and not to do in their bedroom. That's not you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't deprive yourself based on what somebody else is choosing to do and, and not to do. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about healthy sexuality. Healthy sexuality is individual to every person. It's different for different people. It's different at different points in a person's life. But you basically determine what's healthy for you, not someone else. Not someone else. And that's the thing that we have to stop. Stop listening to, you know, based on what your older sister did. Okay, that was good for her. Yeah. You know, we're all happy for her. If if she like it, I love it. But I don't love it for me. And I'm not going to do that for me. Right. And I love that you say that because I definitely think that's an ideology that we really should leave behind because it, one, it doesn't empower us as women. Like it does not, it doesn't empower you to feel like, Oh, I I shouldn't be having sex or I shouldn't be sucking dick or I shouldn't be, you know, doing anal play. Like if that's what you like, if that's what you you like, go for it. Go for it. Listen, anybody that know me already know my man know as soon as I buy a house, I'm getting a whole sex room. Feel how you feel. Okay. It is what it is. It's a sex dungeon going in the house. Okay. <laughs> like my friends, my man, they all know Liz that level freak. She go yes. what she wanna get. And that's okay because it's it's empowering me to feel like, especially as a sexual assault survivor, that I have regained control over my sexuality. Right. And I am and creating the picture of what healthy sexuality looks like for, for me. Yes. Feel how you feel. So yes, I, we need to leave that one behind, ladies. Stop letting people tell you you shouldn't watch porn. You shouldn't, you shouldn't masturbate. Girl, do what you want to do. And the whole thing with masturbation, like I remember I had a friend who was well into her 30s and she said she didn't masturbate. And I'm like, well, how are you going to tell a man what you like if you don't know? Because you know he can't find it. Hello. You know, he he, he he can't find his way <laughs> around the shoe box <laughs> with the shoes on, wearing the shoes that came out the box. How he going to find it? Listen. You going to have to give him directions. Listen. I feel, and I, and I so agree with you on that. So like in the month of May, 
it's not only mental health awareness month, but all my sex, shout out to all my sex therapists, friends, and colleagues. It is also National Masturbation Month. And so the slogan is, may has come and so should you. Amen. Right? All, 31, all 31 days of it. Hello. And so I always encourage it. And it's funny. We got pregame in April. <laughs> Hello. Postgame celebration in June. <laughs> Like, but my, it's so weird how people will be like, Leah, I can't believe that you encourage that. And I'm like, pleasure is your birthright. Like, I don't know why you don't think that you deserve pleasure. And I totally tell any woman, you should know your body. You should know what touch, what, where he touches, where he needs to kiss, what that gets you aroused. Like, make it easy for your partner, damn it. Yes. Like, <laughs> cause if you don't know, then this is how we end up in sexless relationships. This is how we end up never achieving orgasms. Like I read something the other day. I think they said like 46% of women have never had an orgasm. Oh, and bless I'm like, hearts. And, and I'm like, hearts. like, oh my God. What? You know, and I was so, but I can see why, because if you don't know what it takes to get you there, how can you explain to your partner to get you how it what it takes to get you there? Like you gotta be, and and I say all that to say, like this is this conversation is about empowering. Yeah, and to take control of your own sexuality. Like if you want to bust it wide open, go ahead and bust it wide open. All I say okay. is be safe while you're busting it wide open. Yeah, because you know STDs, HIV, AIDS is still out here. You know what I mean? On top of COVID, I'm just saying. Okay. Like, <laughs> like you know that's you a just bad combination hello you know but we want to empower people to take back control of your sexuality stop letting mm-hmm. people tell you how you should be when you should be especially any social constructs like church and races like dog I tell I literally tell people I remember being so feeling so bad every time I had sex with somebody that wasn't my husband because you absolutely know, told, told absolutely you that you should not be in bed with somebody that wasn't your husband and I had to like really start asking questions not just of myself but of God I was like yo G like on some G like help me because I'm trying to figure out I don't understand how you gave me this pleasurable exciting thing here and you don't want me to experience it? Like, make right. that make sense. How, how, what is that even about? <laughs> like, make that make sense. What is that even about? And then I had to realize that I was allowing religion to dictate my life. And I didn't want to allow religion to dictate my life. So I had to be okay with being like, yeah, Leah, like, like she going to bust it wide open. She's busting it wide open for her dude. And, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Like, it is. Like, I don't feel no type of way about it. If y'all feel some type of ways, you should probably stop listening to Hey Queen Thrive. It's okay. But, <laughs> like, but I say all that to say, like, live your life the way exactly you want it to be. The way you want to live your life. Because at the end of the day, you know, people talk about religion and God and this, that your relationship with God is your personal relationship with God. Hello. You know, help the people. And, I, I feel like on the day when it's time for my judgment, it ain't going to be an audience sitting around eating popcorn going, Big G, I told you she was a hoe. I told you. <laughs> no. You know, it's not going to, that, that ain't what it is. Right, right. You know, and if it is something in the audience talking about, I told you she was a hoe, he'll probably turn around and be like, but what were you? Hello. You know, 
maybe, maybe you, know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because now what I'm what what I'm hearing is a whole spirit of jealousy. Ah, <laughs> so, so help the people, right? Right. So and it's we like, have... don't don't worry about me and what I got going on. And we have to remember that. Like we and have to trying remember to send that. folks to hell. Because <laughs> they, 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 they trying to send folks to hell. Listen, you know, you we have to remember to... that. We do. We have to remember that. We have to remember that it is absolutely positively okay to live the type of life you want to live, to have the type of sexual experiences you want to have. And you know what I mean? As long as you're being safe, as long as consent, consent. is involved. Consent. <laughs> like, because that wasn't a thing. That's another thing that nobody ever talked about. And what people don't understand is your ability to say yes strengthens your no. Hello. You know, when we think about myths and misinformation, growing up, girls would talk, keep your skirt down and your panties up, your knees closed, you know, but boys would just basically talk, here goes some condoms, don't bring no babies home. Right. Well, if all the girls are keeping their skirt down and their panties up and their knees closed, who y'all using the condoms with? Right. And so then we're getting these mixed messages about how bad sex is for us, Mm -hmm. but they're not getting the same messages. Not at all. And then they're being told, well, a girl that will do this with you, she's just a slut. Yeah. You know, and that that's not the case. A girl who will do it, do it with you is just a girl who's curious and probably likes you, mm-hmm. you know, and doesn't necessarily want your sex because she's never had your sex before. And if you're a teenage boy, it's probably trash any damn way. So <laughs> there's that. Um. You know, but then it's like you get into these situations where boys are just expecting girls mm-hmm. to say no. Yeah. And so they don't feel like when they cross the line, they don't feel like that's rape. They yeah. don't feel like it's sexual assault. They don't yeah. feel like it's violence. They feel like it was just, oh, she needed she needed a little persuading. Mm-hmm. She was just being approved. Yeah. She really wanted it anyway. She just don't want me to think I would think she a hoe yeah you know and and that's not the case at all all. yeah and and knowing that it's okay that even if you did want it because this is the other piece to consent that we barely talk about is that even if you did want it if you decide to change your mind mid-stroke you can change your mind you can change your mind like we can't keep making it seem like well she started so why she didn't let it finish? Because I maybe the stroke was was horrible, and I was like, right. you know, <laughs> I'm good. So, right. and that's okay. But as long as we're having safe, consensual sex, then we can begin to foster a healthy sexuality. So, God, this was so good. All right. So before I let you go, we got to do rapid fire questions. I have three okay. questions that I want to ask you, and whatever comes to your mind first. Okay. How we gonna answer this? So, question number one: When are you the most productive? Probably in the afternoon. Mm. I'm totally not a morning person. (laughs) By late night, I just want to chill. But in the afternoon, I get shit done. Okay. Okay, I love it. All right. Question number two: What are you currently reading? What am I currently reading? I am currently reading a, a few books. Um, but the main one that I need to pick back up and finish off is called Skin of the Sea. Mm. And it's basically a sort of a young adult fantasy novel about a black mermaid from Africa. 
Ooh. And it is amazing. And basically, she she basically collects the souls of deceased slaves that have been thrown off of slave ships. Wow. Yes. And takes them to a goddess, an African goddess. So wow. it is a it is a really interesting story. Um it popped up in my news feed a few uh, a while back and I started reading it and then I got distracted, but I want to go back and finish reading it. I love it. Oh, that sounds good. Okay, I'm gonna have to add that to my reading list for 2023. All right, last rapid fire question. If your life was a movie, who would play you? If my life was a movie, who would play me? I would say Jennifer Lewis. Mm, I can see it. I love me some Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> I love her. She is so raw and yes. uncut. Yes. and talented and she tells it like it is and she loud i i love me some jennifer lewis i i can yes. see it i can so see it my <laughs> grandmother people say my grandmother figures jennifer lewis and i love her for her. just she gonna be who she is she, she gonna is cuss. who she is and if you don't like it fuck it that's it she the mother of hollywood for a reason okay she don't give a damn feel how you feel yes. it is what it is oh i love it i love it so before i let you go joy please tell the people how they can connect with you they can connect with me by going to get love and joy at gmail.com or they can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash get love and joy i'm also on instagram at joy d ingram I love it with Joy. Thank you so much for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive. This was an amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you so much. This was so fun and I can't wait to hear it and to check out your other podcast. Look, I've been listening to them recently and I'm like, yeah, let me let me go ahead and cue these up so I can <laughs> listen to them back to back to back because it's good shit on your station. Thank you. Thank you so much. Listen. Didn't I just tell you my homegirl Joy is absolutely freaking amazing. Shout out to Joy Ingram, girl. Thank you for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive and sharing all that you have shared. We had such a good conversation around <laughs> healthy sexuality, especially for Black women. Like, man, listen, y'all make sure y'all go follow her on the social media streets and stay connected to her because she is so so dope and i'm so grateful that i had an opportunity to connect with her at this conference and i'm even more grateful that we had an opportunity to sit down and chop it up and she agreed to be on the show in this season because honey y'all know one thing i love to talk about here at hey queen thrive outside of making money is sex so with that being said y'all already know what time it is it's thriving nuggets time listen when I was sitting here preparing for this episode, the one song that I just kept coming in my mind was Salt and Pepper's Let's Talk About Sex, Baby. Let's Talk About You and Me. <laughs> Y'all know I'm silly. Listen, that's the one song that just kept coming in my mind. And I was like, dog, that is, that's, that's the, that used to be the jam back in the day. I know I'm probably aging myself. Not really, because I think I have more, more listeners that, um, is seasoned <laughs> let's let's just say that seasoned um than i am so and i love them all like i absolutely love them all so listen this episode say queen thrive thriver nuggets i want to talk about two things one that we have to reframe the way that we look at sex 
that's one. But then also two, we got to get become more sexually empowered. And so as I go through these 10 uh, tips that I have for y'all, of course, y'all know I love to share little anecdotes about me and my life, right? But as someone who is a sexual assault thriver, yes, I said thriver, not survivor, because I always say there's a difference between surviving and thriving. One thing that I know to be true is that there is sexual liberation and empowerment after sexual violation. Like it's going to take you some time to get there, (laughs) but you can have a fulfilling sex life and be sexually empowered. Notice, Notice I said empowered. I'm not sitting there saying go out there and bust it wide open and bust it down Tatiana. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. Now, if that's what you want to do, if you want to have a hot girl summer, winter, fall, you know, spring, you know what I mean? Do you, boo-boo. Just be safe out here. <laughs> but what I am saying is that as women, especially women of color, we should have great sex. Like, seriously. And let me just say, let me, I'm going to say right now, let me give the caveat right now for all of my, you know, holier than thou religious folk, this is not the episode for you. I'm just telling you that right now because I don't want no DMs, no messages talking about I can't believe Leah over here encouraging people to have sex and is and is and I love the Lord and he loves me too, but I am. So let's let's get into these tips, y'all. All right. Number one. Get connected to your body and have a and heal your relationship with it. Let me tell you something. I didn't realize how how much trauma I had stored in my body until I was on my healing journey. And for years, y'all, I could not even look at myself fully in the mirror. Like everything about my body, I didn't care for. I didn't care for my curves because my curves reminded me of being, you know, uh, groomed as a young girl with older men in my neighborhood. Like I just, it was, it the sexual trauma had that did something to me so bad that it was very hard to even accept that I was a full figured woman with curves and hips and all that other stuff. Right. And so I had to, um, heal that. I had to really do the work to heal that, that, that relationship that I had with my, my body. And I remember the very first time that I was really able to, um, stand in the mirror in all, in all my glory right? And all my glory, Shando. Um, <laughs> and look at myself. And what became a habit for me was I would listen to, and I still listen to it, Mary J. Blige's uh, Good Morning Gorgeous. And that would be the song that I would listen to myself and just stand there and admire the person that I was looking at in all of her glory, right? So when you want to become sexually empowered, you got to connect with her. You got to connect with your body and you got to heal that relationship. You got to heal that relationship that you have with your body. Okay. Number two, engage in some self-pleasure. Listen, y'all already know here at Hey Queen Thrive, the month of May, what we be talking about? Not only do we talk about mental health, but May is also National Masturbation Awareness Month. Like as the slogan says, May has come and so should you. Engage in some sexual pleasure. Because here's what I have learned. How are you going to tell your partner what it is that you like and don't like? <laughs> Hello, somebody. If you don't know what you like and don't like, <laughs> like, you got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to touch it. You got to do the things that you need to do 
so that you know how to get, if you don't know how to get yourself there, how are you going to expect somebody that you're sleeping with to know how to get yourself there? I'm just saying. So you want to engage in some self-pleasure, get to know your body on an intimate level, okay? Number three, discover and own your desires. Like, y'all, okay, don't judge me because you know your girl. So Netflix has a show on there called How to Build a Sex Room. When I tell you I absolutely love, love, love this show because anybody that knows me knows that when Leah buys her a house, Leah's going to have a sex room somewhere in her house, right? <laughs> like, my, my partner knows this. He's, he's very aware that this is what's going down, okay? So, but what I love about this show is I love about, I love how each of these these couples are owning, right, and discovering their true desires. They're owning the fact that they like whips. They owning this the fact that they like handcuffs. They owning the fact that they might like there's one chick that, you know, she turned her outside little she shed into her sex room. You know that she's loving the fact that maybe my neighbors might catch me doing. Like I love that because that's being sexually empowered when you can not only discover your desires but own your desires, okay? Number 4 you got to remove the shame attached to sex. And I, and let me say this, especially for my believers in Christ, man. Like, one of the things that the church has done a disservice in is shaming people who are sexually active. Like, and I, and I could say that from experience because I used to be that person that used to feel so horrible every time I engaged in sexual activity. Like, so horrible because the church had programmed me to believe that, oh, my God, Jesus was so mad at me if I sat here and had sex outside of wedlock. Or he was so mad at me if I just had ran. Like, I promise you, I used to feel horrible. And what I found is that when I was in that place of shame, like, it it destroyed me. It was destroying me on the inside. And I had to start asking questions like, God, why would you create me to be this pleasurable person? and have this these feelings and these emotions and these sensations if I was supposed to do nothing with it. So y'all remove the shame, remove that shame attached to sex. Know that pleasure is your birthright. God created you to be pleased and to give pleasure and, and for pleasure to be returned to you. So yeah, let go that shame, okay? All right, <laughs> number five, Start talking, start taking the lead when it comes to your sex life. Like, this is especially for my couples out there. If you know that you like to initiate, go ahead and initiate that thing. <laughs> like, it is nothing wrong with some initiation. Because let me just say, ladies, the fellas ain't going to mind. Because truth be told, they don't always want to initiate. So if you find yourself in the mood... Like, it is okay to go ahead and get the party started. I'm just saying, it is okay. Your man is not going to look at you any less. Your partner is not going to look at you any less. If anything, they're going to get excited because you're taking initiative when it comes to y'all sex life. I'm just telling you what I know. All right. Number six, talk about what you like and don't like in the bedroom. I think this is so important. And I think this is one of the things that I absolutely love about my relationship uh, shout out to my boo. 
Um, because we have these conversations, like we really do. Like we have these conversations about our sex life, about what we like, what we don't like, all that good stuff. Um, I think that's one of the things, reasons why so many of us don't have healthy sex lives or are not having good sex lives because we're not sharing like, oh, I like when you do this. I don't like when you do that. Like, I like, I want you to do more of this. Don't do that. Like, we're not sharing those things with our partner. And so because we're not sharing them, like, we're just going with the flow. And unfortunately, going with the flow is leading us to having a really bad sex life. So you got to talk about it. You got you got to talk about what you like and what you don't like. And that leads me to number seven. Communicate your needs and wants. Like your partner is not a mind reader. They're not going to know what it is that you need and want when it comes to your sex life. So you're going to have to be willing to communicate it. You're going to have to be willing to say, hey, I want a threesome if that's what you want. And that's, that's it. I'm not saying your your host wants that, but what I'm saying is whatever it is that you want and need from your partner in the bedroom, you're going to have to communicate that they're not mind readers, okay? So you're going to have to tell them what it is that you need and want. All right, number eight, get rid of your sexual baggage. Listen, listen, especially for my women of color, because not only has society done us done as a disservice, not only has the church done us a disservice, but if we go real be honest, some of our parents did us a disservice. Like I know for me growing up, my sex talk was kissing leads to other things. And I always say, you tell a hormonal 14, 15 year old young girl who's starting to grow in puberty and, and, and is forming, kissing leads to other things, what you think she about to go and discover? what it lead to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we gotta, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to all my parents out there, y'all gotta do better with having that sex talk with your child, like, for real, for real. But you gotta also, as an adult, some of us are carrying the baggage of that. We're carrying the baggage of not knowing. We're carrying the baggage of not getting the greatest uh, sex talk. We're carrying the baggage of just sexual trauma. So we gotta really get rid of it if we want to be sexually empowered, you know what I'm saying? We got to, we got to get rid of the fact that we did not get what we needed in order to be a sexually empowered woman. You know what I mean? And that's okay. Like to, to truth be told, some of our parents just didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Like they just didn't know. And so we can't keep faulting them for that. We just got to recognize it for what it is and let it go. All right. Number nine, advocate for your own satisfaction. If y'all notice, a lot of these tips have are centered around communication because communication is key. Like you play a role in why you're not sexually empowered, right? Advocate for yourself. It is nothing wrong with speaking up. Again, anybody that has a problem with you speaking up about what it is that you like and don't like in the bedroom is probably not the person you should be with because any healthy relationship dynamic is going to have conversations about what is self, what is pleasing to their partner and vice versa. Like you just got to know. So definitely make sure you're advocating for yourself when it comes to your own sexual satisfaction, 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 satisfaction. <laughs> Y'all know I get tongue tied in a minute. And then the last tip that I have for you guys is strengthen your connection with your partner before sex. Like, I think sometimes we jump straight into sex without really knowing um, who 
you know, our people are and and who the person is that we're in a relationship with or who's the person we're dating. Like, especially society has kind of done that. Like, it's made sex such a liberating thing that people just out here busting it wide open with just anyone and anybody. But if you truly want to have a healthy sex life, if you truly want to have a healthy relationship dynamic, you, you need to spend time getting to know the person that you are considering busting it wide open for. Okay? Like, seriously, spend some time. Like, I think people thought it was crazy when Steve Harvey was over here talking about the 90-day rule. <laughs> like, don't give out the cookie for 90 days. And as someone who tried it in her current relationship, I promise you, like, because we had already, we were already cultivating the friendship and we were already cultivating the intimacy, that part of our relationship, it was easy to to put off for a minute to continue to strengthen that friendship and that intimacy with each other before we added sex to the equation. You know what I'm saying? So definitely spend some time strengthening the connection with your partner before you guys have sex. Like make sure y'all are on the same page. So listen, this was good. This was good. I hope you guys feel sexually empowered. I hope this is going to help you guys feel sexually empowered and Again, shout out to my girl, Joy. I appreciate you, ma'am, for coming through. We had an amazing conversation. So y'all already know, tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another Power Pack guest. I love each and every one of you. Let's keep rocking. Let's keep growing. Let's keep elevating. Season three, y'all. I'll talk with you guys soon. Peace.